0: Welcome to the CFB
1: Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles and Brian McElfish.
2: Hey everybody, how you doing out there? This is the CFBDynasty.com podcast. My name is Matt Knowles. Over there on the other side is the founder and creator of CFBDynasty.com, Mr. Brian McElfish. How you doing today, Brian?
1: Hola, I'm doing good, man. How are you?
2: Doing good, doing good. And also over there, you could call him Dougie Doug. You could call him Dougie Fresh. Call him whatever you want. Just don't call him Champ. Joining us again today <laughs> is Mr. Doug Gravely. Doug, how you doing today, man?
0: Hey guys, I'm good. How are you, Matt?
2: Doing great, man. Today we got a great show for you. We're going to be talking about the portal. Uh, the portal has become more interesting, I think, than than National Signing Day because you get to see guys. A lot of them are established, going to homes they think are going to give them a bigger pop. They could be guys that were underutilized. Um, at their at their former location there could be guys that went into the portal that went back to their original location who knows but the portal has become one of the most fun things to pay attention to especially for college fantasy so today we're going to be talking about our personal tops in uh in the from the portal for 2023 so B bmac why don't you talk a little bit about Um, the portal for those that are watching this and don't even know what we're talking about, which I think that that should be zero, but we're going to treat it like there's one person that's watching this that doesn't know what the portal is. Here we go.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's just basically like the Dr. Pepper commercial, right? Where they transfer from one school to another. Um, They, they literally hop in the portal and then, um, you know, they show up on the field, just like the, the Ole Miss graphics you probably saw on Twitter recently. And uh, boom, there they are. So, They've got their new landing spot. They get one free. So there's a couple of things here and you'll see cool. this on the website under draft prep portal tracker. We've got them all listed. I think everything is totally up to date. Um, if you see anything like a destination that's not entered on the site, let me know, but I think it's, I think it's up to date. So <clears throat> transfer portal. Um, there's windows of when you can enter the portal, um, but you can, If you're in the portal, you can land at a school any day during the year. So it opened uh, December 5th, closed 45 days later on January 18th, 2023. Um, And then there's going to be another portal period, you know, after spring from May 1st through 15th. So you're going to see schools that are going to be looking to fill their roster that, you know, maybe they didn't on signing day uh, kind of end with, you know, all the freshmen that they needed um there's some certain portal rules that are listed on there blah 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 you can go check it out um there and then scroll down and you'll see players with kind of some pagination on the bottom where you can get through all the players that are in the portal you can use this little search function to search uh, a name a school whatever um and then we've got running backs listed there wide receivers and they're not really listed in order but that's what we're going to talk about today.
2: So Doug, one of the things about the portal at uh, Broad Mac had mentioned it a little bit is that there are some rules now where you have two different windows. That's something that was just implemented this year. Um, they've also talked about that, uh, you know, players are only going to get one free transfer. Now they're not going to have this where they can just transfer nonstop um, from school to school to school. Do you think that the portal is out of control? Do you think that that the new rules are talking about are good or do you think they need to clamp down even tighter on the portal? What's your feeling about having the portal out there as it is right now?
0: I think the new rules are good. Um, I think like anything, it's going to take time to establish. Um, I think the transfer portal is insane. I think uh, that there may even need to be a little bit more strict rules, I guess. Um
1: Yes. There needs to be a lot more strict rules. Like it's freaking chaos with the portal NIL the whole season. Like, so you're trying to hire and fire coaches at the same time. The portal is open and recruiting like early signing day is all in like December at the end of the year. It's totally insane. So like how the NFL calendar works where, you know, us who are, you know, paying attention to the NFL, there's like schedule release season and that's awesome and then there's free agency and then there's the draft and everything kind of works and flows nicely college football it's chaos coaches are burning out more than ever like there needs to be a massive overhaul and i think that is coming Uh, it's coming for nil for sure it's not going to be what it is now for a long time um
2: yeah, having seasons of windows is great, especially like when you play college fantasy football and you've got certain windows where you can trade and nobody should be trying to trade outside the window. Uh,
1: <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about there.
2: Somebody, some there, There's some people in our league, Doug, that want to be able to make trades like 13 months out of the year. And it's like, dude, let's fit them into some windows, BMAC. Anyways, I digress. Let's get back to the topic at hand, which is the poor. <laughs> So, BMAC, tell everybody what we're going to be doing today with the uh, with the portal.
1: All right. So, we're going to kind of go over it by position as if we were, like, drafting today. Like, what would these, like, rankings be for college fantasy? So, if you're thinking about, um, like, a known commodity, right? Like, you think about Ole Miss and the portal craziness that's happening there. You've got the starter from last year, Jackson Dart who transferred in from USC the previous year uh, competing against Spencer Sanders. Who's been a starter in college football since 1999. And then you've also got the former (laughs) five-star Walker Howard in there. Um, So which one of those are you going to draft if we're drafting today? There's still like a lot of unknown. Certainly one of those mugs is going to transfer out by the end of spring um, and, and find a new home. But a lot of unknowns out there. So these rankings right now are focused on if we were drafting today, how would we kind of position them?
2: So do you want to start BMAC? Where do you, where do you want to start? You want to start with uh, with, quarterbacks?
1: I'll start, I'll start with quarterbacks. So my top quarterback, if we were drafting today, um, you know, is probably the consensus top one, I would assume, but Sam Hartman, um, He's going to Notre Dame from Wake Forest. Um, Notre Dame had the 98th passing offense last year, which is a red flag if you're looking at a fantasy player. But Sam Hartman, the last two years at Wake Forest, um, you know, between the 3,700 and 4,200 uh, passing yards mark, 38 and 39 touchdowns in both of those years, like, He's a proven commodity wherever he went was going to be good. And I think he's got, you know, NFL potential. What's going to be really interesting to see with Michael Mayer leaving, who will be the benefactors of Sam Hartman and, and will, and they'll likely be fantasy relevant, whoever they are at receiver and tight end for Notre Dame.
2: Yeah, I've got, I've got Sam Hartman as my number one overall, uh <clears throat> overall period across all positions uh, for the same reason. I think that, uh, you know, you also want to be looking at, like you said, the benefactors of who are going to be getting the, on the other end of Sam Hartman. So I'd be also looking at who are the receivers, who are the running backs that are coming out of the backfield uh, at Notre Dame. Um, and also, if you're someone that is, um, is uh, you know, that plays college to pro, this is going to be a great move, not because Wake isn't a power five team, but because you don't really get a bigger national brand than Notre Dame. So the, his name is going to be out there. The market is going to be out there uh marketing is gonna be out there. So it's probably gonna help his draft stock to go up just a little bit as well, uh, which is gonna pro- probably put him in a better position when he goes to the pros.
0: Yep. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think <clears throat> Hartman is definitely my number one quarterback in the transfer portal, but not my number one overall.
2: Really, I'm gonna be very interested to hear what your number one overall is. So B do you want to just go straight down uh who your top five are or who your tops are a quarterback would we'll just go down the list and then uh, I'll tell you I'll tell you mine. Doug will tell his and we'll go to the next position.
1: Yeah, sounds good, and I can't I can't wait to watch Hartman and see what this Notre Dame offense looks like. Like they start off against Navy this year, then Tennessee State, and then they're at NC State, one of the other potential top portal quarterbacks. Um, one on my list for sure. Then Central Michigan, then they play Ohio State at home. That's going to be a big game and a big test. At Duke, at Louisville, USC, Pitt at Clemson. So there's there's some really tough games in there for Hartman and Notre Dame that are going to be, you know, prime time fun games to watch. Um all right, so number 2 on my list if I was drafting today, Davis Bryn uh transferred over from Tulsa to Georgia Southern and really Bryn was great last year. You know, he had battled through some injuries near the end of the year, but uh Georgia Southern was the fourth ranked passing offense in the country. And Bryn, who will probably have one year of eligibility, uh, well, it'll be a fantastic year next year. Um, and third, I've got Brennan Armstrong. Uh, you want to talk about why I probably have him third? Matt, going to your school from UVA.
2: I think that uh, well, you got a you got a huge a huge opening there. NC State showed that last year they could win with four quarterbacks, but they could also lose and look horrible with all four of those same quarterbacks. Um, having a quarterback that has got his offensive coordinator, Robert Ney coming back uh, who was there with him. Uh, they both kind of went their separate ways for a year. And uh, the, the coordinator did great at Syracuse uh, Armstrong did terrible at NC at, uh, at Virginia, but now they both get to reunite. Uh, there's nothing saying that Armstrong is going to be the definitive number one going into the season. He's going to have to win that job, but you normally aren't going to be transferring in. If you're not going to be expected to get some playing time, so, um, it, it should be interesting having a new offensive coordinator there, uh, that is someone he's obviously familiar with and had some success, uh, to see if he's going to be able to, uh, to get that offense, you know, flowing the way that it needs to be.
1: Yeah. And it's worth noting, like, in his best year at UVA two years ago, he had 31 passing touchdowns, not a huge, uh, you know, running threat in terms of, you know, touchdowns and stuff there. So, it's not like, Hartman who's been up in the near 40 um but he's got good upside not quite the stats like Tanner Mordecai had at SMU but he's transferring over to Wisconsin I like him this year because of the coaching shift the culture shift it's going to be so intriguing to watch Wisconsin and kind of see what they become this year um and I think he'll win that starting job He'll have it probably for a year before his, uh, it's hard to say, on eligibility, all like one or two years left. Like I look at Sam Hartman on his uh, stats profile on ESPN. He's played five years and he's listed as a junior. So who knows how many years uh, uh, left that Mordecai has, but I like him at Wisconsin. I think that's going to be a fun one to follow. And then lastly, kind of a guy that I really wanted coming out of high school. Jeff Sims went to Georgia tech the first year they were kind of starting over from a triple option offense, going to a more standard college football offense and just didn't have the tools, didn't have the line around him. And so I'm intrigued to see what he'll do potentially at Nebraska. Um, really excited there on um, Jeff Sims.
2: So, Doug, who are the quarterbacks that you want to talk about? You don't have to go top five. You don't have to uh, go in order. But who are the quarterbacks you want to make sure that you call out?
0: So, there's, a, there's two quarterbacks that are on my list that I'm kind of excited to watch and see what they do with a different system. And your old quarterback, Leary, going to Kentucky, he's got some weapons there. I think it just depends how he comes back from this injury. Um, but he does have some good young – receivers in kentucky i would be really interested to see if he can put some pieces together and maybe uh reclaim some draft stock this coming season
2: yeah it'll be interesting to see leary being an offense where hopefully there's there's more of like a, a a top receiver and a top running back nc state historically was like you couldn't trust anybody out of the backfields a running back you couldn't trust any receiver because you could have seven different guys be the leading receiver over seven different weeks, and none of them were, were uh, you know, world beaters. And, you know, it would be nice to see if he can be in an offense that's actually got a true number one running back, a true number one wide receiver to see how he yep. can perform and see the kind of stats that can be produced by those guys as well.
0: And then uh, one more that I've got, and it's somebody I drafted and I had to drop, um, but Hudson Card going to Purdue. Brand new coach at Purdue. Um, he was a four-star recruit coming in. Every, a lot of people in Texas were excited about the kid. I was excited about the kid. I want to see if he can, you know, put a good college career together because I think he's got the tools. I just, you know, maybe it's a system thing. Maybe it's a mindset thing. I don't know. But I'd be interested to see what he can do at Purdue this year.
2: So for me, um, I, we've already talked about uh, most of my guys at the top. Sam Hartman was my, uh, my overall number one. Uh, obviously, Leary and Armstrong but I'm really interested to see what happens with Shador Sanders going to Colorado. It's going to be fun because this is a kid that I don't care what he does. This is a coach's kid. Mm -hmm. The guy is not ever not going to be the starter. There's no way that, that, that primetime is going to bench his own kid. Um, He did great at Jackson state. Do I think that he's going to go to Colorado and, and be a world beater? I don't know. But I think that the the upside potential for somebody like Shador Sanders is probably the highest of anybody we've ever seen just because of all the other things around him. Great at the FCS level. Dad is a coach. All the hype around him. You're going to have a lot of national hype there. So this guy has a chance to make a huge name for himself if he can come in here and, and continue what he did at Jackson State.
1: Man, yeah. this reminds me of like roster building in the ncaa video game like dynasty mode when you're like taking over a a, you know a, a school that's underperforming at least compared to when i was little um really really little <laughs> um so so little that i don't really remember it but anyways um yeah man they're bringing in huge recruits to, uh, to a one-star school, essentially. And uh, it's going to be super fun to watch from that point of view.
2: All right, so why don't we move over to running backs? I'm going to take running backs first. Doug, we're going to let you take wide receivers first. All right. So running backs, my number one overall is Carson Steele. I like seeing him go from Ball State, where he had he was putting up some crazy fantasy stats to UCLA. Um, I just think that that's a really good matchup, a really good match. Um, I really look forward to seeing what he does there. Um, Trey Sanders, I like seeing him going from Alabama to TCU. Um, I just think that those are both uh, really good, really good matches, especially considering the people that are leaving. Um, But those are the two, like I said, that I really wanted to call out, uh, as well as uh, Marquez Cooper. Uh, Going from Kent State to Ball State, you're talking about being in the the same area. You're not talking about a guy going from a group of five to a, a high power five. You're talking about basically a parallel move. But the parallel move is from high-powered passing offense to high-powered offense that produced huge running stats. So to me, those are the guys that I'm really looking at in the running back room. So, BMAC, why don't we go to you? Why don't you talk about who your top guys are at running back?
1: Yeah, fifth, I've got Sean Tyler. Um, He was a really – he was a solid running back at Western Michigan and kind of hasn't lived up to what you would hope out of the fantasy – you know production um going to minnesota who had the 16th best rushing offense last year so just kind of keeping an eye on him i like him um trey sanders is another guy i like don't love you know going from bama to tcu has he fully recovered from you know the accident that happened early in his career that's kind of slowed him down i'm not not quite sure third Marquez Cooper, yep, for all the reasons you said, you know, he's filling the shoes of where Carson Steele left ball to go to UCLA, and Cooper will be there and he'll have really good production, like really good production. He'll probably be, I can't say this because we haven't done it quite yet, but he'll probably be a top 20 running back for us, um, uh, somewhere around there at least. And um, second, I've got Marshawn Lloyd going from South Carolina to USC in terms of like NFL potential, who's the best player on this list. It's Marshawn Lloyd. Like he's got such a great talent. Will he claim that number one running back or will you see other people like have a big off season and, and demand touches like really Brown and, and uh, other backs that they have on the roster. And then, yeah, man, I agree with you. Number one running back for fantasy, at least Carson Steele going from, high level good production at ball state great fantasy player to ucla where he's got a shot to blow up like will he be a top 10 running back um we'll see in terms of fantasy but uh, there's definitely potential there all
2: right doug what do you got who do you want to call out uh, as in the running back room
0: um so i agree with most y'all's lists um my top running back is actually my top portal player that I'm keeping an eye on. And I think it's Tray Ward going from FSU to Kansas state. The kid averages over six yards at every time he touches the ball. Um, he had an injury derail the season last year and he runs hard. I just feel like every time that kid touches the ball, he's got the potential to go the entire length of the field.
1: Yeah. If you think of someone that runs angry, (laughs) he fits the bill. And, uh, He doesn't have the top-end speed, but, yeah, man, he could be potentially great there, you know, so in produce fun, right?
0: Yep, so he's he's my number one overall that I get most excited about talking about in the transfer stuff. And then another kid. What's that? You're going to draft him? Oh, man, if he's there, I'm going to need at least one running back. But my running backs are pretty solid, bro. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've got one you just mentioned. I got Marshawn Lloyd. I don't expect him to transfer out to uh, USC and not start.
2: Changing my draft order right now. To make sure, <laughs> make, sure um, make sure, I go and I get him before Doug.
0: And the other one that I've got on my list that I'm hoping does well um, is Harrison Whaley, another kid that mm-hmm. I don't feel like got the touches he deserved. Some and, games he
1: did, and then the right. next game he'd get one.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, the kid had – multiple 200 yard rushing games and all of a sudden you don't see him for two weeks. And then it was just crazy to me. So he's going to Wyoming. I don't know what to expect from Wyoming's offense, but I expect him to be at least a feature part of it.
2: Well, I'll tell you, that's funny that you bring that up because the last thing I was going to bring up was exactly that situation at Wyoming. Uh, He actually goes into a pretty good situation because Titus, Wen produced some big games there for Wyoming, he was somebody that was on my radar last year. Uh, he currently doesn't have a a new home. He's left Wyoming, or he's put his name in the portal, and he's currently uh, trying to find a home. But um, so I, would, I think he was
0: last actually I read. It was draft. He was He was dismissed that? from the team. Okay. Yeah, okay. and he uh, put right. his name into the draft, I believe. Yeah.
2: Because what Swens a guy that definitely is uh is is you know have my eye on him. So I think that having Whaley go into Wyoming definitely. Um, definitely helps that's interesting i didn't realize that he had that he had been dismissed because i know the first word was that he was going to the portal but maybe he was just saying that to save face i, I don't know
1: yeah a thousand yards 14 touchdowns last year on the ground so yeah i mean good opportunity i think for whaley that's a good call out there
2: all right so doug we're going to go to you first who do you want to call out when it comes to the wide receiver room who's got the best chance to be a big name in 2023 that's changing schools
0: so i've got two really at the top of my list that stand out above everybody else for me and it's one that i've talked about i even mentioned his name on the last podcast and brian knows i'm high on this kid and mad if you want to change your your order and your draft <laughs> board go ahead but it's <laughs> it's Sturdevant. um he was at cal last year as a freshman 65 catches for 755 yards and seven touchdowns as a freshman, and he's going to UCLA, who is usually an offensive type team. Um, but he's not my he's so he is my number one. My number two would be uh Keontes Johnson from Troy. He's going to Oregon. Uh, he was the receiving leader for Troy last year. And at Oregon, believe it or not, is still a guy named Bo Nix, who is Keontae Johnson's adopted brother. Oh. So they pl- they played together in high school. And I just think it could be really exciting with him and Troy Franklin and even Sean Holden going to Oregon. They could have three yep. potentially really good receivers at Oregon. But I think Johnson could uh, take that number two spot and him and um, – Troy Franklin could have a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, so I <clears throat> in my opinion, I it, it could totally play out like that, but I think Troy Franklin's like the what like the number the clear number 1. And oh, I he is so good. And I number 2 receiver still might be all right in that offense, mm-hmm. but I think Bo Nix just claims such a high percentage of the fantasy stats. I don't know if you're going to really like to roster another guy and maybe I'm wrong and Maybe you'll take him and we'll play this clip back in a year and make fun of me. But um I've got the other way around B or the other way around. (laughs) Make fun of me if I take him. I've also got J. Michael Sturdevant uh number one on my receiver board and I like him a lot. And I think uh he's going to a really potentially great situation, provided the quarterback like who's it gonna be at UCLA? Is it gonna be the freshman that wins the job? probably at some point, or is it going to be the senior Colin Schley who's transferring out of Kent like everyone else who played at Kent last year? (laughs) Um, And then at number two, I've got like the opposite of you. I've got a guy transferring from Oregon to Tennessee, Dante Thornton. I think he's going to be awesome there and potentially right away. Um, Number three, I've got Dante Cephas. Another guy leaving Kent, mm-hmm. but he's going to Penn State. Penn State's got the, the Drew Aller era starting, and that's going to be uh, super fun. They had great success with transfer receivers in the past. So I like him there. Um, any thoughts there on Cephas?
2: Oh, Cephas was my my number two overall player. Um, Kent State having a great offense. Dante Cephas, the, the unquestioned number one. Nice. Um, going from Kent to Penn State. Um, He probably was in a better passing offense. He probably was in a better stat producing offense at Kent. So I would say be a little bit careful there as far as expecting big time production at Penn State. But he also is the kind of guy that does have that breakout potential. Uh, If you're in a college to pro kind of league, I think that this is probably going to help his draft stock a lot. If he can go there and produce decent numbers at Penn State. But um, I think Dante Sevis is probably the guy that has the best chance to raise his stock going from his former school to his current school.
1: And Drew Aller's got probably one of the best arms in all of college football. So that's going to be mm-hmm. fun to kind of see that offense stretch out and see how that affects, you know, the running game with Allen and Singleton. Um, and Aller, who, who is a dual threat guy. Um, does anyone have, let's see, I've got fourth on my list, Chris Marshall.
0: Former five-star
1: talent. Um, you know, I'm a sucker for talent. And going to a Lane Kiffin offense where historically now, you know, last year was different, right, with the, the running game that he featured, kind of similar to his uh, Devin Singletary days at FAU. But in a passing offense, a Kiffin passing offense, he likes to really kind of lean on one guy. And I think Chris Marshall with his size and speed, overall talent, could be that guy. Um, definitely some risk involved if you're drafting now to take him now, but totally someone I'll target, um, you know, depending on spring reports and fall reports going into draft season. And then lastly, Jojo Earl <laughs> was really sad to kind of see him get hurt as the season started last year at Alabama. Kind of thought he would have breakout potential, but him going to TCU great offense for him to put up a bunch of stats and and kind of dominate the slot probably
2: yeah i'm glad you bring up jojo earl i think it's going to be interesting this year uh one of the things to keep my eyes on is all the wide receivers that are leaving alabama going to what they would think are potentially greener pastures this is a, an uncommon occurrence normally you see guys transferring into alabama to uh, make a name for themselves Last year, Alabama's uh, receiving court was just terrible overall compared to the previous half a decade. Um, so you see three different guys that are transferring out, going yep. elsewhere. To, so to see if if those guys actually do better in these, in these new locations is going to be interesting because that might be, you know, who, who would have ever thought that people are going to use Alabama as a stepping stone to greener pastures? But um, right. it's going to be interesting to see all three of those guys, Earl Holden and uh, Leary um where they're going to go and and what what's going to happen there, uh, the other person is uh, Ali Jennings, the third. Uh, the guy decided, hey, I want to go in the transfer portal, but I want to still be able to ride my bike from one school to the other. <laughs> so he uh, transfers from Old Dominion <laughs> to Virginia Tech. Uh, I think that that's a an interesting move. Again, um, I don't know if Virginia Tech's offense is going to be a world beater, that's but been I think not that... so
1: bad. It's disappointing. Like they used to be great, obviously, or at least consistently really good.
2: Man, just get, getting him into a, into a higher-profile school that's going to have more higher-profile games is going to be interesting to see if he, can, uh, if he can make something for himself in that higher-profile situation.
0: Yep. The only other receiver that I have, and he was kind of way down my list, um, but he's somebody that, you know, I personally picked up in the transfer portal this year on my fantasy team. Um, and I'm interested to see how he's going to do is Elijah Spencer going from Charlotte to Minnesota. I don't know entirely what that offense looks like um but you mentioned the the alabama guys and i just think it's funny i was going to ask do you think jojo earl has the potential to be better out of those three guys that are leaving because i mean they're all pretty good they've all
1: from a fantasy point of view i think so yeah i think he's got the chance to be the lead guy at tcu in an offense that's going to throw it around a ton so um yeah, I, I think so. I mean, Leary though, like I like him. Like he could be he could be really good. Um
0: Yeah, you know, I'm I'm like you said. I'm interested to
1: we'll see, see what we'll see at UCF. Like
0: I'm interested to see what's going to happen at Alabama with the new OC. Um I don't even know if they've hired anybody yet. But they're going to be getting a new OC and honestly, I don't <laughs> I don't remember what receivers they have at this point to even (laughs) yeah
1: Burton kind of took off at the very end of the year after the fantasy season was done he started having some good games um I traded him like uh middle of the year I traded for him right before the draft thinking uh uh, it was a, a really good trade for me but it was not um at least not last year's production so there's potential there but what are they going to do offensively? Mm-hmm. Um, Which quarterback do they go with? And that's going to play a big role in kind of how you view the receiver position. Because if you look at, <clears throat> um, you know, the two different styles of quarterback that they potentially have, like they could just, you know, eat up all the production. So we'll see. Yep.
2: All right. So is there anybody else out there that you want to call out, whether they're a tight end or whether they're a guy that, that, uh, you know, for any other reason you want to call out that uh, we haven't talked about today.
1: You say call out? Okay, let's <laughs> eyes on me for a second. Eric Gilbert. Mm. <laughs> I'm looking at you. I'm going to keep you on my roster this this season. And we love it. Year. We love it
2: because love he wastes a roster spot on you every year.
0: <laughs> it's, it's so nice. So nice.
1: You know, if I didn't have Brock Bowers, I would cut you, Eric Gilbert. But... I, I do have Brock Bauer, so you'll be on my roster yet again, and hopefully I draft a, a third tight end that produces. But in reality, with the talent that Gilbert has, man, I want to see him do something in Alabama or at Nebraska. So we'll see there. I, I, Jaheim Bell, though, the transfer from South Carolina to FSU, Um Really good potential FSU. Historically, it's been a while since they've had like a fantasy relevant tight end, like a long while. Mm-hmm. And with the running quarterback there, the talent is there for bell. How does, how is he used in that offense? Does he get enough touches to be fantasy relevant? Um, we'll kind of see. And then I don't know how to say the name. Caden Prescorn, Memphis to Oh miss. And uh, he was a top five tight end at the end of last year, believe it or not, in fantasy. So we'll see what he does at Ole Miss. It could be really good if they, you know, have a highly productive passing offense, which they didn't really have last year, although they they did get better at the end of the year. And then a couple more real quick. So CJ Dupree from Maryland to Alabama, you know, he's got really good potential there to play right away. In an offense that you know, we'll see how they use um, how they use them. And then Eric All from Michigan to Iowa, you know, Iowa's a tight end factory. Laporta is going to be taken in the draft um, this year, so All should step right in and, and be a starter there.
2: So, Bmac, I got a question for you on the Eric Gilbert front. As people know, the CFP Dynasty Home League is college to pro. If there was no pro. Uh, component to the league would you still feel the same way about eric gilbert no or are you keeping eric gilbert specifically because you don't want to see him go to the pros and blow up
1: yeah nfl potential that's it that's the only reason i'm keeping him um, so if somebody's
2: watching this and they are playing mm-hmm. in just a college dynasty what oh, would you them about
1: gilbert? you should have cut him like uh, a, a while ago Man, so you uh,
2: don't think so you're saying you don't think gilbert actually has potential in college Oh he, does. <laughs> oh
1: he does. No he totally does just cuz he's really good. Um in terms of he was a top 5 player, a five-star tight end. Those don't even come around every year. They don't come around every 3 years. Um out of high school and whatever he has going on in in personal life or whatever that's kind of keeping him away like maybe moving to the cornfields of Nebraska is a good way to kind of get away and refocus his life, who knows? I don't have any any sort of information or haven't looked into any of, the, any of that situation. I don't even know if there's news out there about why he hasn't really seen the field at you know UGA since he got there. So
0: Well, the other thing to keep in mind about Nebraska is they've got Matt Rule out there now who knows yeah. how to get players to the pros, man. I mean, he mm-hmm. was there. And since they got Matt Rule, their transfer portal – has been insane. Yeah. People have been signing with Nebraska like crazy. So you could see a completely different team there. And, you know, Gilbert could be a guy that benefits from having a coach who has been to the big stage. So maybe Matt Rule is a guy that can keep Gilbert out of his own head if that's the problem or whatever the case may be. But Matt Rule knows how to get things done in the pros. So, We'll see if he can help a kid get there.
2: We'll be back on behalf of all the other owners in CFB Dynasty. We appreciate you wasting a roster spot in college on Eric Gilbert leaves other players (laughs) out there for us. So uh, continue to do that. And we also look forward to seeing where the next location is that Eric Gilbert transfers to. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So the only other person I want to call out is uh, Grayson McCall. Grayson McCall puts his name in the transfer portal, then pulls it back out, after the coaching switch and decides he wants to stay with Tim Beck at coastal Carolina. So it's going to be really interesting to see uh, what happens with the coastal Carolina offense. Um, You can't really do much better than Grayson McCall has been doing in fantasy. Uh, He was my number one quarterback uh, probably pretty much for the last two years. And I've got a decent quarterback room. So um, is he going to be able to maintain that exceed that, or is he going to fall backwards a little bit because Tim Beck's offense is uh, last year didn't produce great quarterback numbers. So it's going to be interesting to see, did McCall make the right move by staying at coastal or should he have gone and, uh, and gone somewhere else?
1: So he tried to transfer out, like he visited Auburn and he was projected to go there. And then it didn't work out. Same with, uh, Florida. And there was some weirdness. I, I believe with, uh, like credits, not transferring or something like that. So yeah, we'll see. Um, We'll see. I'm sure he didn't like that kind of playing out in front of uh, the national public, but um, I think he'll be, be business as usual for him. I think he'll be a a good player. Wanted to transfer out and kind of see what he could do at a bigger school and it uh, didn't work out for him.
2: Well, that's what we have for the, for the transfer portal. Uh, As you saw, BMAC pulled up a page on the cfbdynasty.com website we definitely want you guys to go up there. Make sure you subscribe during the season. That way you can get all your in-season rankings. But we also want to know what you think. We want you guys to go up to our Discord channel. Go, go to Discord and go to look for CFB Dynasty. We want to know who you guys are excited about in the transfer portal. We want to know your opinions. Do you agree with us? Do you disagree? We also want to know if there's somebody out there that you think that, you know, you're, you're surprised we didn't even talk about once between the three of us that you think is going to be a, a blue-chip star That just completely went under our radar. So please go on up there to the discord channel for cfbdynasty.com and interact with us and let us know what you think. That being said, this is going to be the end of the conversation on the transfer portal for now, but next week, we got a great show ready for you. Uh, At the time of this recording yesterday was national signing day. As we know, it's more of a tempered day. It used to be a huge day in college football. Um, Yeah. You know, I'd look. BMAC. BMAC would take days off from work. I'd wake up and I'd be refreshing, refreshing, refreshing to see who's actually signed <laughs> their letters uh, with my school to see if there's any any uh, any late um, flips, anything like that. Uh, but with the early signing day, the vast majority of those uh, those signees happen in December, so that day becomes a little more tempered um, in February. That being said, now that all the freshmen are are basically at the schools are going to be at. There's still a few holdouts still out there. Now we can start talking about the top freshmen for 2023 that you need to keep your eyes on. BMAC's got some big things ready for the show next week. BMAC, tell them what all the stuff is that we're going to be doing next week.
1: Well, yeah, so not only would I take that day off for signing day because it was a, a massive day. It was all all day coverage on ESPNU. Rivals Radio was the thing back then, and uh, that was a blast. But that's when you could start plugging in the, you know, new freshmen into the NCAA video game back in the day. And, um, you know, start new dynasties, kind of start fresh. Good times. Um, Anyways, yeah. So we'll be going over the top freshmen. Uh, We'll have our rankings posted and everything by then for the top freshmen. Kind of based on fantasy production and outlook. Um soon we'll be doing a Debbie rankings update, which will include these freshmen too. But uh we'll be doing a live mock draft next week. Looking forward to it.
0: It'll be fun.
2: It's gonna be great. So, Doug, what do you have going on? Uh, but before we got online, I, I said I saw that you were out there bowling, dropping in some big uh, dropping in some big scores. I saw that you came in number two while you were bowling. I mean, you did not win, you came in two. So what else are you going to do this week and that's going to have you come in second place?
0: It's going to come well <laughs> in second. If me and Brian decide to play golf, I'll probably come in second. Um, I've been holding that second place position pretty strong and pretty firm with Brian, um, even though it's been just us, you know. <laughs> but I'm I'm happy with coming in second, you know. I don't have to tell people that there's only two of us, but now you guys know. Um, and second place this week. I'm not going to tell my nephew this, but I'm going to watch his soccer tournament this weekend. My family is pretty good at getting second. So <laughs> I'm hoping he surprises me, but we'll see what happens with that. Good stuff. Good stuff. Be
2: Mac, what is on your calendar coming up between now and the next time we record a podcast?
1: Yeah, really just working on those freshman rankings, kind of uh, getting my draft board prepped and starting to take some of this information, you know, research prepping for this show from Portal and then starting to adjust our rankings a little bit on the CFB dynasty side for national rankings. So I think Doug and I'll meet up once or twice before the next show kind of get everything squared away, ready to go. And uh, man, it's what a month away. We're going to be talking about some spring practice reports, just getting, uh, getting real, getting really excited.
0: And speaking of second, Matt, I'm going to find a way to hack into your computer and Brian's computer, steal y'all's draft boards for this season so that I don't come in second again.
2: Uh, I think we need to be hacking into yours, because remember, <laughs> you came in second. That's, I'm, I'm hoping to get to that point. Uh, As for me, uh, I'm getting ready to uh, launch our next Kickstarter at in Symmetry Creations. Uh, it's for our, our all-ages title, Misfits Clubhouse. Think Wreck-It Ralph, Fairly Odd Parents, and um, Gravity Falls uh, in comic form. Uh, about a, a, a bunch of wacky and wild adventures of four kids, Mickey Stig, Fairy, and Sloth. If you uh, go up to tinyurl.com forward slash misfits2, and that's spelled M-I-S-F-I-T-Z and the number two, you can bookmark the campaign. We're going to be launching it here in a week or two. We actually just signed on a former Disney animator that's doing uh, one of the covers for us. So I'm really excited, really excited about that one. So I hope you guys will take a look.
1: It's awesome.
2: All right, with that being said, uh, for Doug Gravely and Brian McKelfer's. My name is Matt Knowles. This has been the CFD podcast. We'll see you next week.